How are we doing tonight? Oh, come on. We, get, we, we got a better response than that. How are we doing tonight? There we go. I always move this around. You guys look good. I'm excited to be at church. I've been in church a long time, and it still makes me smile being here with you guys. Like, I, I love church. I don't, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just one of those people. Like, as a kid, it, it wasn't always fun, right? It's like, we got to go to church. Oh, my gosh, we got to go to church again? But we were, I grew up in a church that was like every time the doors were unlocked, it didn't matter what was going on. They could be like the cleaning person up there. We were at the church. Like, what are we doing here? So we just played like hide-and-seek under the pews and stuff. We had a good time as a kid. But it got me interested in church, and I think I'm in full-time ministry because of being in church all the time. So I just want to say thank you for being here, because it makes me excited, and we get to do church together. Amen? Hey, tonight we're going to be talking about dreaming, and we're in the middle of the Dream On series, which um, I had a whole song and dance prepared for you, but that's already been done with the Dream On thought, and so I'll spare you. Um, but tonight we're going to talk about just taking steps. Because I, I love to dream. Anybody else a dreamer? I'm a dreamer. Maybe? Like three of you? Perfect. Okay. When I, when, I, when I say dreaming, tonight I'm talking about you got dreams for your life, things you want to do, things you want to accomplish, places you want to go, um, people you want to talk to, people you want to meet. Maybe God's given you a vision for your life. That's the kind of dreaming I'm talking to. Because if we're talking about like the dreams I have in my sleep, I was just talking to, to Pastor Hollis earlier. I used to have dreams that I was like in the military and like just like just could never die. It was awesome. It was like real. I just had some just like these like spy movie type dreams. Um, I'm okay if those don't ever come to pass. I, but I'm talking about dreams for our life, big things. You got big things planned for your life. God has big things planned for your life. Anybody ever had a dream or a vision that God has given you? I have. And, and it started when I was 12 years old. Um, I, I, you know, people, you, say, you hear people say things like this all the time. Like, I was called to ministry when I was six months old. I remember it so clearly. They're like, hey, that's cool, man. But I, I did, I had a, a vivid dream that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. But let me just introduce myself for those of you that may not know who I am. My name is Chase and I've been serving on staff here at the Victory Life Sherman campus for roughly two and a half years. And I get the honor of being the youth pastor here at the campus, which is so much fun. It helps keep me young. Uh, I'm constantly on the internet trying to figure out what they are saying to me, uh, Googling words and just like... <laughs> It's starting to make me feel a little older, but I have a really fun time doing it. Uh, I love teenagers, and I love to see them come from what they would consider just a really hard life. You know, because I remember, man, it's 15, 16 years old. I thought I had it the worst, but I had a really good life. So helping them uh, come from being the victim to being the one that's succeeding in life and letting God speak to them and help them in their dreams, I absolutely love doing that. So I get the honor of doing that here at this campus. I'm married. Uh, actually, today is my anniversary of eight years, so I'm excited about that. Married to this beautiful young lady sitting on the front row, Roxy, and I, we have uh, four beautiful children together, um, three girls, and then my little man, uh, Shepard. In fact, if you've been to this church longer than five minutes, you've probably met Shepard. Uh, he is all over the place. Uh, but I love my kids. I love, we, we, we live in Denison, and we have a small farm of dogs and cats 
And uh, I absolutely love our life uh, in North Texas. So thank you guys for being here with us tonight. As, as we jump in, I believe that tonight's going to be very practical. That's my prayer for you. Anytime I get on stage to speak, my prayer is that, Lord, let the words that you use me to say just be practical to our life. I don't want to walk away from here being confused. I don't want to walk away from here going, what in the world did he blabber about for 30 minutes? Like, I just want, I, it may seem simple to some of you, but I really do take my approach to speaking God, I just hope it's practical because that's the easiest way for me to communicate to students is I don't want a student walking away from here going, what? I'm so confused. I want them walking away going, man, I got something I can do now. And so that's my prayer for you guys tonight is that it's practical. But being 12 years old, growing up in the church, anytime there was a summer camp, a winter camp, a fall camp, a spring retreat, a whatever it was to get us out of the house and get more of Jesus, uh, my parents were sending me there, and I'm so thankful for it, because I was at a, a, a church camp out in East Texas, uh, out past Longview, uh, so like way East Texas, and I was 12. I remember it was maybe, yeah, I was, I was 12. I remember being 12 years old uh, at this camp, and and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, it, it, now, when I say the Lord spoke to me, maybe that doesn't make sense to some of you guys, but I knew that I knew in here that the Lord was talking to me, and it was one of the most first, um, one of the most just vivid contacts with God that I'd ever had, and I knew that I knew that I was called to full-time ministry at 12. What did that look like? I had no idea. I, I really didn't. Uh, I just knew that I had a really fun youth pastor, uh, I, and I, I saw him in the evenings, and we hung out, and we fished together, and we, we did a lot of fun stuff, but I didn't know, like, the, the guts of the ministry, and so I, I was excited about it. I'm like, I don't know how this works, but I want to do it, and I, 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 I want to be involved in the ministry. But how many of us know sometimes when God speaks to you, it doesn't always happen right then? I couldn't be a 12-year-old youth pastor. Couldn't be a 13-year-old youth pastor. Probably shouldn't have been a 21-year-old youth pastor. <laughs> but when the Lord says something to you, I, I believe this is where this scripture comes into play. And uh, we're going to be in Proverbs 16:9. This is going to be kind of our core scripture tonight. In the Passion Translation, it says, Within your heart, you can make plans for your future. But the Lord chooses the steps you take to get there. This scripture has stuck with me my whole time in full-time ministry, going on 10 years, which doesn't seem like a long time, but I have experienced so much. I've, I've learned so much. I've experienced a lot of change in those 10 years, and the Lord has been able to use the experience that I have kind of taken myself through. The Lord has always been there, and I've learned so much from it. My family's grown from it. My spiritual life has grown from it. My faith has been expanded because of it. But this scripture speaks a lot to me because within your heart, you can make plans for your future, especially those of us that are planners. You gotta, people ask, well, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? What are you going to do when you get older? I, my, I have two teenage daughters, and a lot of the times people ask them, you know, what do you want to be when you get older? And, you know, it changes day to day, whatever's popular, whatever's the new thing, whatever sport they're playing. I want to be a soccer coach. I want to be a teacher. I just want to be creative. I, whatever it is. Um, that, that they think in their head, it just kind of changes and it ebbs and flows, but they're making plans because people are asking, what do you want to do when you get older? So they're already starting to make plans. So this thought always used to contradict to me. It's like, well, I, you know, if I'm following in the will of God, well, then isn't he making my plans? But the cool thing about God is that he's given us choices to make. 
And, and really, God can have a plan for us, and God has a will for us, but it's, it's our job to follow peace and follow Holy Spirit to make sure that the choices that we make in life align with the choices that God is trying to make for us. To me, that's where your dream becomes a reality. Because from, from 12 years old at a church camp, who actually the youth pastor at the time that was putting on the camp was Mark Price at GCC down in Colleen. It was, it was his youth pastor. I had no idea until about a year and a half ago, I was talking to some guys from GCC and I was like, man, I think we were at a camp with you guys out in East Texas and we got in this huge like pillow fight war um, and we like all got in trouble. And he was like, yes, I was talking to the guy from Colleen. He was like, yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea. It was crazy. Um, that's for another story. We don't send your kids to church camp to get in pillow fight wars, but there was bad beef between our football teams and it had to get handled one way. So <laughs> when you're at church camp, you grab your pillow and get after it. And that's just what it was. And so, but anyway, long story short, that's, that's just where I was. It was the camp I was at. And, and I believe that God has dreams for us. And I knew that at that moment, that was, the, that was the course of my life. I knew that when people asked me, man, what's God speaking to you? I was so fired up about it. I know I'm supposed to be in full-time ministry. I don't know what it looks like. And I can remember over the years telling people that until about my junior or senior year in high school. I took a, a trip with the school that I was going to. We took a trip down uh, to the capital there in Texas. And we were, we were walking around and looking at everything. And we got to sit in the, the Supreme Court chairs and just do all this like debating. And it was just a phenomenal trip. And I got so excited about this political science future. I was like, man, I could do that. I could be some type of politician or I could be some type of um, legal attorney or be in the political field doing something in the, as a lawyer. I, it was so intriguing to me. But after settling down a little bit, because how many of us know that sometimes things get exciting that may not be God? After settling down a little bit and looking at the course and looking at schools, I grew up in Brownwood, so I was looking at Abilene Christian, who has a great political science program, and looking at all the different things. Uh, I get a phone call out of the blue from a buddy of mine that actually went to the church in Durant. Uh, and he said, hey, what are you doing for college? I said, I don't know. I think I'm going to pursue this political science thing because, man, it is awesome. And he's like, well, you know, you really want to do that? And he's talking me through it. He says, well, you know, I'm going to school south of Dallas to play football. I'm like, cool, man. He said, why don't you come with me and play football? Well, I, I didn't play football at all in high school. Uh, I was actually on the golf team. Uh, <laughs> I loved football. It, was, it looked awesome. I loved watching it. My brother was a star athlete in football and growing up in Brownwood, Brownwood football was just everything at the time. And we had some really great athletes coming out of there and going to Texas, going to TCU. I mean, there was a big future there, but it just wasn't my thing. I wanted to play golf and I wanted to like sing in musicals. So I, I know, I, I just, that's just not easy for me to admit. Okay. So just bear with me. But that, that was my thing. That's what I enjoyed doing. I, I, was, I was creative and I just, I loved uh, being on the stage and I, I loved performing. It was just so much fun for me. And I loved playing golf. It was, I, I still love playing golf. Um, to anybody out there looking for somebody to go with, give your boy a holler. So he says, why don't you come play football in college with me? And I laughed. I was like, man, I, I, didn't, I can't play football in college. He's like, well, don't you run track? I'm like, well, yeah, I run track. I was a lot smaller then. I said run track, and you guys were like, man, this guy's lying to us. Uh, <laughs> I was a little bit smaller back in high school, but I did. I ran track, and uh, we were pretty decent, pretty quick. And he's like, well, you know, you're, you're kind of big, and you run track. Just come try out. I was like, no. 
I don't want to do that. Um, but he talked me into it. And so on my 18th birthday, uh, I drive to Waxahachie, Texas, and it's pouring down rain. I'm like, man, I'm going to be I'm slipping all over the field. There's no way I'm going to be able to get this done. Long story short, uh, we're leaving that day after running and doing bench press things and just a typical football tryout. Um, and, and I still wasn't sure that I wanted to play football. Uh, it was just a sport. And it was, it was fun. I mean, I was like, I'll give football a try. And uh, coach walks up to me after and shakes my hand. He's like, hey, you know, can't make it official yet, but welcome to the team. And it was like my mouth dropped. I was like, well, what about political science? Because, you know, this whole time, the excitement building in me, I'm thinking is Holy Spirit telling me, hey, I want you to pursue this political science thing. But little did I know the plans that I was making, the Lord was still choosing my steps. He was opening doors that needed to be opened and closing doors that needed to be closed. Anyway, went and tried this football thing, made it through three days, called my dad, called my mom, was like, this ain't happening. I, I am a small fish in a big pond. Like these guys, it was, they would hike the ball and I just like, don't. <laughs> You're talking college athletes. I ran track. So there was, I know this is a hard picture to paint because of what you're looking at. Like I, I was just really small and just timid and I didn't like it. The helmet didn't make me look good. Like I, I was not down with the football thing. Um, I liked watching it. I liked playing fantasy football and playing Madden. Playing it was a different story. But come to find out, God was changing my plans. Uh, because the buddy that I was with ended up like blowing out his knee for like the fourth or fifth time. And um, we ended up moving to Durant, going to Southeastern. I got plugged into the church up there and through a long three years of events um, of being human. Because sometimes we're human and sometimes we sin and we make mistakes. And for three years of kind of running from the dream that God had put in me at 12 years old um, to a church opening its arms to me and saying, hey, we'd like for you to become the full-time youth pastor um, at our Atoka location, which Victor Life Church has an Atoka location. And I, I couldn't believe it because of the life that I was living and the life that I had experienced. But see, the cool thing about God is that he doesn't really care because he knows who you are. He knows your potential. He knows the dreams that he's put inside of you. And sometimes it takes from 12 years old to 21 years old for those dreams to come to life. But I'm here to tell you tonight and to encourage you, whatever dream God has put inside of you, maybe you've had a successful life, not even in that dream. But I would encourage you to revisit that. God, you told me this five or six years ago, or God, you told me this 45 years ago. Is this still something that you want for me? We're talking about taking steps tonight. See, our, our interests can change sometimes. Because when I was in high school, I was fired up about this, this youth pastor thing or this full-time ministry thing, not really knowing what I wanted to do. And then I experienced political science, and I was like, man, that looks awesome. I want to do that. So, and over time, I went from that to football, and then from that to working in a media department, and that from working to a, at a bank, and then I went from working at a bank to, to being a waiter at an Italian food restaurant. My interests changed over the years. My, my course changed over the years. But God's design for me stood still. And he said, hey, whenever you're ready, I'm still here. Your dream is still here. It didn't matter how far I ran from God. Because there was a time, believe it or not, that I kind of turned my back on God. And I thought, you know what? I would rather just live life the way that I want to live life. 
and I wasted some time. I wasted some time of my life. I was a bad example to people that I'd grown up in church with. I was a bad example to people that I was in college with, claiming to be this Christian that grew up in church, yet living another way. So a man can choose his ways. We get, we get to choose. But God is still directing our steps and telling us which way to go and opening doors that need to be open and closing doors that need to be closing. See, all of this took place, especially even stepping into a life of full-time ministry, because I followed peace. I still knew what peace was. And I still knew when I was about to do something wrong that it wasn't peaceful. Something was unsettling. The cool thing about the Bible is that it calls him the Prince of Peace. It calls Jesus, the one that's telling us, the Holy Spirit, the one that's helping us, the Prince of Peace. And I know that when I'm about to make a big decision, or when I'm about to buy a house, or when I'm about to buy a vehicle, or when I'm about to do something that could alter the course of my life, I'm going to follow peace. And I still knew what peace was, even going through the course of events that I was going through. Even experiencing the things that I experienced. I knew what peace was. But I had to learn the difference between instant gratification and following peace. This is something that we talk to our kids about. There's a lot of things that feel good. There's a lot of things that can be exciting. You know, I could go out and because of, you know, whatever reason, I could go out and buy a great big truck. It could fit our family in it. could have a hitch on it. I could come up with all kinds of reasons to go buy a truck. But we've been in this conversation, not argument. Thank you, Pastor Chet. We've been in this conversation for years about a, a pickup. Because I, I would love to have a truck. Most guys in the room would love to have a pickup. I want to be able to, to pull a trailer with my truck, throw my dog in the back. Um, I'm not using my platform right now to manipulate any conversation. So if that's in your head, just stop it. But I will say this, I drive a Prius currently. So we went to the extreme. Okay, anyway, I could do that, but there's just an unsettling in our family right now. Like, we don't need a truck. We drive a long way to drop the kids off at school. It's about 20 minutes for me to get to work. Our family lives 90 miles away. The Prius will work. That's, that's what feels good about peace. Instant gratification could be going and buying a pickup, but it would be gratifying in that moment. And six months from now, we're eating our gas bill, and we're putting miles on this pickup that we got a crazy loan on, whatever it is, peace would start to go away. So we have to learn the difference between instant gratification and peace when we're dreaming. Because God can give us a dream, or sometimes we have a vision, or sometimes we have something or an aspiration in life that we want to follow, but sometimes it could just be a moment that sounds exciting. We, we talk to our, our, our teenage girls about this every now and then. It's like they, they say they want to do something or they, they want to buy this or whatever. And it's like, well, let's sit and think about it for a minute or let's, let's sleep on it because sometimes we get excited about things and make an emotional decision instead of really hearing from God and making a spiritual decision. There's a huge difference. I'm really bad about making emotional decisions because it sounds good. It'd be fun. There'd be a lot of people there. Let's go. Let's do it. Like if somebody in... I don't know, Brownwood called tonight and said, hey, we're hosting a big party tomorrow. We'd love to see you there. That sounds fun to me. Let's roll. <laughs> Probably not the smartest call. 
We had to pull our kids out of school. They'd get all kinds of things, and you know, it'd just be difficult. But I, I, I get wrapped up even to this day. I'm still bad about this of making quick, instant gratification decisions. This is why Christmas and Black Friday drive me nuts sometimes when it's more about the gifts. Because I see a commercial, I'm like, oh, that's nice. I gotta have one of those. My wife's like, you have six of those. Oh. They're broken. <laughs> We've got to be able to follow the Prince of Peace. And Isaiah 9 says this. It's a prophecy of Isaiah. It says, a child has been born to us, prophesying about Jesus. A son has been given to us. The responsibility of complete dominion will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be the Wonderful One. I love this one. The Extraordinary Strategist. Well, that's hard to say. I said it with like a British accent there. The, the Strategist. The Mighty God the Father of Eternity, and the Prince of Peace. I'm here to ask you tonight, if you have a dream or a vision or a goal or you're wanting to start a business or you're wanting to maybe move locations or you're wanting to start a new college, whatever it is, ask yourself this question. Am I following excitement, making an emotional decision, or am I dreaming with God and going to make a spiritual decision and step into the steps He wants me to take? Because that is, that is life-altering. See, there's sometimes that you tell people things that they might not agree with you, but you know that you're following peace, and so it doesn't really matter. The question I have is, how many decisions do we make in life based off what other people think or what Facebook would say or how many likes we would get? I'm not here to talk bad about social media. I love social media, but sometimes you need to stop sharing your God dreams to the world because some people can't handle them. Some people don't understand. That conversation was between you and God. You know, I, I remember telling, um, right before I stepped into full-time ministry, I remember telling people, hey, I'm, I'm stepping out of the real estate world because I was doing uh, real estate investment stuff and doing pretty well for myself. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm stepping out of this and I'm, I'm stepping into full-time ministry. It was like, you're nuts. And I, I remember being disappointed that some of my friends weren't excited for me. But I had to remember that my friends weren't God. My friends saw things from a worldly perspective. My friends saw things in the natural, but I knew that when God called me to do it, he awoke a dream in me that I had had at 12 years old. And he's like, man, this is the course I have. These are the steps I'm asking you to take. You get to choose your ways, but man, this is the door that I'm opening. I remember that excitement and then feeling so bummed when people didn't get it. So I just want to encourage you to be careful with the dreams, what dreams you share with people and who you share them with. There's life groups that you can get involved with and in relationship with people that there's great opportunity to share dreams with. There's pastors on this staff that are great opportunities to share your dreams with. We're going to dive into that here in just a little bit. My prayer has always been this over the years, because if you know Roxy and I's story, um, we have moved all over the world and back, and really just Texas, but felt like when... <laughs> When you're young and married and you have kids um, and the Lord moves you around, our prayer is this, God, we, we may not know what to do, but open doors that need to be open and just close doors that need to be closed. Because sometimes in waiting for God out of a natural response, you can get a little frustrated. You can get a little agitated. You can get a little anxious. You can get a little worried. You can start living in fear instead of in faith. And so this was our prayer that we would always pray together. It was like, okay, God, we don't really know what to do, but we're going to know your answer by opening doors that need to be open and closing doors that need to be closed. 
That's how we need you to communicate to us. And it wouldn't be a day and we'd get a phone call or an email or a text message. It was just crazy the way that God would answer us when we would pray this prayer. And it's simple. Doesn't, to me, I overcomplicate my prayer life sometimes. And I know there's some great things to prayer. And Pastor Jacob has some amazing teaching on prayer. But sometimes it's easy for me to just say, God, open the door that you want to open. Because I, 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 I want to do what you want me to do. I want to say what you want me to say. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to meet the people that you want me to meet. So just open doors that need to be open. Close doors that need to be closed. But since we're human, we don't always take steps in the right direction. Can I get an Amen. It's cool to want to walk in the, the, the dream and in the vision and the will that God has for you, but sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we take steps in the wrong direction and we can walk away from the original dream. Kind of like one of my favorite movies, which is The Lion King. I know that may sound super immature, but there are some life lessons in Lion King. Long story short, for those of I feel bad for you, if you've never seen The Lion King, you need to call me and we'll go watch it together. Mufasa... King Lion, Daddy Lion, has this dream to promote his son Simba. Scar, Mufasa's uncle, he don't like it. So he ends up killing Mufasa. But let me say something here. Simba, little cub, his dad takes him out one day and he says, hey, one of these days, everything's going to be yours. I'm going to give this to you. Here's what I want you to do with it. Here's the dream. Simba, in his immaturity, goes to somebody that already doesn't like him and tells him, hey, Scar, one of these days, I'm going to be king. And all this is going to be mine. Now, I don't think in his young age he was being arrogant. He was just being immature and sharing dreams with people that he didn't need to be sharing them with. There's a life lesson to be learned there. Sometimes in our immaturity or in our emotional response to something that God tells us, we can speak up a little bit too soon. So, Scar doesn't like it, kills Mufasa, Simba runs away. Rafiki, the crazy monkey, one of my favorite characters, finds out Simba's still alive. Rafiki awakens the dream in Simba to return to the Pride Land. Simba returns, wins the battle, dream fulfilled. So, what does that mean? It means that we all need a Rafiki to awaken the dream inside of us. I love it. I'm here to tell you tonight, the Rafiki in your life that's wanting to awaken the dream inside of you is Holy Spirit, the Prince of Peace. Not everyone will understand. Not everyone will understand your dream, so you've got to be careful how early and who you share it with. Joseph, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Joseph has a dream. We see this in Genesis, I believe it's 39. Joseph has a dream, and the Bible says that he was his dad's favorite because he had him in old age. And so he was already favored, which is not good for Joseph because his brothers get jealous. Joseph has a dream. He's, long story short, you can read it in the Bible, Genesis 39. Joseph basically goes to his brothers and say, hey, uh, I had a dream. You're going to bow down to me one day. And they're like, hold up, what? So then he goes to his dad. He's like, hey, I had a dream. Everybody's going to bow down to me and be king. It's going to be awesome. And he's like, okay. Mm, so his brothers get mad, they throw him in a pit, then they end up selling him. He goes from the pit to prison, there's a long story short. He ends up going to prison, crazy things, Potiphar's wife tried to have a thing with him, tried to hit him up on Twitter, it was not good. She deleted the messages and then hacked his message, it was just a really big ordeal. 
It was not good. Ends up going to the palace, getting promoted because he uh, interprets some dreams to the guy in charge. And uh, it was really, really good. Really good for Joseph in the end. But it took a lot of problems. It took a long time. It took many years for his dream to be fulfilled because he, I honestly think that if he might have kept his mouth shut and just worked that out between him and God, he would not have had to experience the things that he experienced. So I'm here to encourage you, dream. I think it's so good to dream. And in fact, me, me and my wife, we dream all the time. We've only been married eight years. We've got a long way to go. So we talk about our future all the time. We talk to our kids about their future. What do you dream about? What do you want to do? What, what's God speaking to you? In fact, it's, it's such common language in our house that my four-year-old today, Shepherd, we were out in the yard. We got this new great Pyrenees. That's another story for another day. We were out in the yard, and we, I was out there with him this morning, and he just, we're playing with the dog, and he just stops, and he goes, hey, Dad, how do I know when God's speaking to me? Oh, man, talk about holding back tears, even in this moment telling the story. I was like, how do I explain this to a four-year-old? And he was like, I don't want to give him just the, well, when you know, you'll know, son. So I was like, I, was like, oh, I said, do you, you know when, when, when you're about to do something wrong, um, like sneak a cookie or do something you know you're not supposed to? He said, he said, yeah. I said, just kind of feels bad. Yeah. I said, but then when you know you're about to do something really good and you just feel like, oh, man, this is good. Like, I'm going to clean my room before mom asked me to clean it. And it just feels good. He's like, yeah. I was like, that's how you'll know. You follow peace. You follow that, you follow that inside, that good feeling. And he was like, huh. Okay, I'm going to play with the dog now. Like, Ed, he could, could care less about what I was saying. But I thought, man, even at four years old, I, I know that God is already doing something in his life. Holy Spirit's already wanting to talk to Shepherd. And so Shepherd's getting curious about it. Shepherd's wondering about it. And I want him to be able to discern peace rather than to discern just emotional decisions. Because the world is speaking to him. So I want him to be able to quiet the world's noise and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so that when a dream comes to him, man, he can fulfill it and not be held back by choices that he's going to make. I want him to be able to dream big dreams. And that brings us to the end, Buster Moon. Anybody know Buster Moon? He's in a great little movie by the name of Sing. Daisy knows Buster Moon. There's a great movie out called Sing. It's got a really fun soundtrack. My kids love it. Buster Moon is this like obnoxious producer um, and he just, just, he gets in his own way the whole time and they're all animals. So it's not like real, he's like a rabbit or something. His name's Buster. Anyway, um, but he says something at the end of this movie and it's so, so powerful. He said, get a good night's sleep and dream big dreams. I love that. I love that my kids get to watch movies like that because there's two things that every leader needs to do in their life. It's one, take a nap and dream big. How many times do we feel like we're not hearing the voice of God because we're frustrated, we're, we're tired, we've got a million things going from our head and all we got to do is just take a nap? You think I'm joking, but this is the practical part. How many times I feel like I'm on the edge of a breakdown, like I just can't do anymore. I can't go another day. I'm frustrated. I'm mad at my kids for doing absolutely nothing wrong. I'm just mad at them because they exist. Like, I don't know. I'm just mad. I'm just frustrated at everything. It's like walking in a current state of hunger and hanger. My wife's like, just, just t- sleep in in the morning, please. And then I wake up. I'm like, what's the matter with y'all? You think I'm mad? I'm not mad. I was never mad. 
Sometimes we push so hard, especially as leaders. We go and 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 we run ourselves ragged that, we, that we're working to just produce success rather than let God take over and lead our steps. Take a nap. Dream big dreams. Proverbs 16.9, we'll go back to it and then we'll end. Proverbs 16.9 says, Within your heart, within your heart you can make plans for your future, but the Lord chooses the steps to get you there. Got to remember that in our dreaming, in our visions, in our hope for our family. We can, we can make plans. We can make the plans. But when you follow peace, when, you, when your will aligns with the will of God, He's going to choose the step. He's going to open the doors that need to be open, And He's going to close the doors that need to be closed. Amen? Amen, amen.